0: Right, right to my front door. I ain't gonna stop till you on the floor. This is war. This is war. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is Monday. It is a Victory Monday. Yeah, forget about all that. You made it through the hijinks and the craziness of Christmas, and it is Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas to all of your friends and your family, and especially you. Thank you so much for being a part of our world here. That's Steel Curtain Network and Fans First Sports Network. It's been a crazy year. Last year at this time, we were not Steel Curtain Network. We never heard of Fans First Sports Network because it wasn't born yet. So that's something that's been really exciting. It's been a positive first year, and we're getting ready for that anniversary coming up in February. So, yay. Man, I'm loving it, and I'm loving to be a part of it. There's so many things to be blessed for this holiday season. I am so blessed for my family. I'm so blessed for my Steel Curtain Network family, especially guys like David Schofield and Jeff Hartman. Those guys, we've been through it together, and Merry Christmas to them and their families and all of you. Everybody else on the Steel Curtain family, we love you. And everybody else that is listening to this show, it's taking time out of your day to click on a show called Bad Language with some idiotic Steeler fan just ranting week in and week out. Man, I'm so thankful to you. So that's something to be thankful for. I know it's not Thanksgiving, but I'm thankful on Christmas as well. It's a beautiful time of year. It's my favorite holiday. And and it's not because of gifts. It's because of the gift of love, the gift of family. And the gift of hope for a new year. Now, if my voice sounds a little bit weird, it is Christmas morning and I was, I held out for a while, but I came down with uh, COVID. So I'm quarantined here with my microphone and no problem talking to all of you. That's a nice thing. Wake up on Christmas morning and test positive. There you go. <laughs> but hey, we will make through. And I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad to be talking about a Pittsburgh Steeler victory. Man, three weeks in a row of just bad losses. The first really bad loss was against the Arizona Cardinals. And that sucked because it was my birthday. And You know, you hate to, you want to have that good feeling on your birthday and then, You have two rain delays, thunder delays, crap delays, whatever it was. And that took the starch out of it. Then you have the Thursday night football game, which I went to against the Patriots. That really sucked. Then, all right, we're going to break out of it, beat the Colts. Nope, that sucked too. But then we got the gift of Rudolph. Rudolph. Not the red-nosed reindeer, the quarterback. Mason Rudolph came in and played well. He does throw a beautiful deep ball, and that's what this Steeler team needs. If you listen to Let's Ride, you're going to hear Jeff Hartman talk about why is there quarterback controversy right now? Why didn't you just enjoy the victory? But, yeah, people are going to be talking about it, and and I get that. But I don't think – I think there's a bigger thing here. And it's more about extending 2023 and finding what your best chance to win and win out will be. And if that's Mason, then I'm happy for it to be Mason. If it's Kenny, I'm happy to be Kenny. As long as it's not Mitch, and that's not a slate on Mitch. I just don't think Mitch has it. But the one thing that happened here is also big for 2024 because you don't have to look for two quarterbacks. Everybody would be happy if Mason Rudolph could be like Charlie Batch. You know how often we saw Charlie Batch as a quarterback? Not that much. I think he only started six times and he was here almost 10 years. So with that, you've got to feel like Mason Rudolph can be that guy year after year and know you have him. Only way you're going to see Mitch again is if you have to break glass in case of emergency. Hopefully that's not going to happen. But this allows you to bring another quarterback in next year and know that you have somebody special in Mason Rudolph waiting in the wings to help out. Some people think that he should be the quarterback going forward. He should be QB1. And that's going to be a huge debate. I get it. I don't think the Steelers are ready to throw out Kenny Pickett with the bathwater yet. But we'll see. We definitely will. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the 2023 Steelers. We're talking about what they need to do to make the playoffs. And it's simple. They have to win out. They've got to win out, and they've got to get a loss by a couple teams. And it's kind of likely that those losses will happen from those other teams. The biggest thing is they've got to win out. So if I look at a rooting guide here, doesn't matter what Cleveland does the rest of the way. In a way, it kind of matters what Baltimore does. And you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, just like everybody thought I was crazy and said, no way am I rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. But on Christmas Day later on, I'm actually rooting for the Ravens against San Francisco. And I'm doing that for a couple of reasons, because there's a great possibility both those teams play each other in the playoffs. Well, not the playoffs, the Super Bowl. And usually the team that wins in the regular season does not win in the Super Bowl when that happens. So that's why I'll take a Ra- a Ravens victory on, on uh, Christmas Day, because I'd rather it not be on Super Bowl Sunday. Then there's the other thing. You don't want the Ravens to have to win on the last day of the season. You want them to rest their starters so it doesn't matter if they win or lose that last day of the season. You want them to clinch number one overall and not have to fight the Steelers tooth and nail. Or is it Tooth and Bone? I think it's Tooth and Nail. I I don't know. Somebody tell me that, please. You can hit me on Twitter, Steel Curtain Bad, at Steel Curtain Bad. But, so you kind of have to root for the Ravens there. I know it feels dirty. It's like that 2 a.m. non-hottie that you take home. I get it. You just got to do it. The Dolphins won. Yesterday, the Dolphins and the Ravens play each other next week. So you're going to root for the Dolphins and Ravens there. Because if you don't, then you're dealing with a team pissed off and really taking the Steelers seriously. I think the Steelers can win on their own merit. They uh, actually play the Ravens well. That's a hallmark in the series. The team that's better doesn't always play great against the team that is leading the division. You know the Steelers can't win the division. We get that. And we're fine with that. That They can't win the division. We We know. It's impossible. But you know that the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans play each other. The Texans are a mess right now. The Colts aren't that good. They're not as good as what you saw. Maybe not having Michael Pittman hurt them in that game against the Falcons. And the Jaguars are, my gosh, they're a mess. They're not playing well either. So then you have the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills have a tough road. Well, they play the Patriots next week. But if they lose one game, and that one game that they would lose, if they would lose to the Miami Dolphins on the last game of the season, well, that's going to give them a less of a conference record than the Steelers. So if that happens, then you're going to be looking at the Steelers ahead. So the Steelers have a clear path. But the best way is to win out. Get a little bit of help, not an extraordinary amount of help like they had to get in 1989 and 2005. You you don't have to do that. And that's a good thing. So that's what you're looking at here. The Steelers, the main thing that they did in that game against Cincinnati is they played inspired football. It was the first time in a long time. I love the fact that the Steelers were smart enough to bring out the defense for the second consecutive home game. Why? You did not want to bring out George Pickens. You did not. And it wasn't a punishment thing. It was a protection thing. People got mad at me when I made the worst take ever saying that you have to protect George Pickens, you have to protect George Pickens from himself right now. Is he a selfish player? Hell yeah. He's a selfish player. But one thing Mike Tomlin does well is he teaches in moments that we don't see being taught. He'll give you tough love. And we don't exactly know where George Pickens' head is at, but we know how he played the other day. An inspired performance. 195 yards, oh my goodness. If that's the George Pickens we continue to see, look out. So it's quarterback play right now too. And if Kenny Pickett comes back, you need to have inspired play by him. So inspiration is good. Najee Harris was running hard again. Jalen Warren always runs hard. You don't need him to be inspired. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say him being the only, only the second undrafted free agent to ever have a thousand yards from scrimmage because he has them combined receiving and rushing. I actually think he's the team MVP. I'm saying it right now. Jalen Warren is this team's MVP. Now it's easy to say TJ Watt on the other side. I'd love to see Jalen Warren get it. Well, I tell you what, let's take a break. We're going to talk about more about the Pittsburgh Steelers and a little bit about Pittsburgh Steelers playoff memories. When we come back, it's bad language on the steel curtain. (laughs) now. I'm gonna pick up my sword You brought the fight right to my front door I ain't gonna stop till you on the floor This is war This is war Welcome back to bat language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. It is Christmas day. This is actually a little later than usual. We usually do the show at noon. It's going to be a little bit later because I recorded the first show early and decided to open gifts and spend time with my family. So we are going to go ahead and have the second half of the show right now. So you'll have it about 12.15 or so. So I, I think 15 minutes is okay. And then you can enjoy a great triple header of football for the Steelers. They are not playing today. Thank goodness they played on Saturday and not Christmas Eve. That was awesome for me. I'm fine with New Year's Eve. In fact, I don't really remember them playing that much. I remember the Browns a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve, but not a lot of New Year's Eve games. There was a New Year's Eve game back in 1972, which was a bad day for the Steelers. They were bounced from the playoffs and bad day for Pittsburgh sports altogether with the death of Roberto Clemente. I can't believe it was that long ago, but let's go ahead and look forward to uh, the next two games for the Steelers, the Seahawks and the Ravens, both on the road, both bird teams, both teams with longtime head coaches. Pete Carroll is still two games behind Mike Tomlin in the overall standings. Uh, Next year, I expect both those teams, actually, uh, excuse me, both those coaches in the next two years to be in the top 10 of all-time coaches and wins, if you believe that. That is absolutely crazy to me. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk more about the Steelers beating the Bengals. I thought it was a statement game for this team. I thought it was the first time we've seen a definitive win from this team in a long time, and I think that's so important going into the next two games. Beating the Bengals twice in a season, I thought the Bengals came in cocky. Not a lot of people agree with me completely on that. I kind of thought they did, and maybe it wasn't the Bengals. Maybe it was the fans. I don't know, but I know that the Bengals were riding high and the Steelers were on a low point. You know, three game streaks in in both directions. So the Steelers came out on top, won the season series, and the Bengals, man, have a rough time in the division. They're one and four in the division. If you could believe that, that's absolutely amazing to me. The Steelers are right now four and one in the division, and could end up if they do win out five and one in the division, which even though they're not gonna win it, that's really good. That's fantastic to win in that division. One thing, even though you don't want to lose any games, the loss to the 49ers and the Cardinals don't hurt you as much as losing to the Colts and the Patriots and the Jaguars and the Texans because those head-to-head games are, are really tough when they're a conference game. So that's all a factor as we're looking straight ahead that head-to-head game with the chiefs, excuse me, the Colts. I think that was the most (sighs) daunting loss for them. And the reason I do is because if they win that game, they're assured of being in the playoffs. They don't have to worry about winning out, but the Steelers do real well with pressure at the end of the season when they have to win. And they have to have things happen. Like I said, you don't have a situation like you've had in past years where they've had to ask for a whole lot of help. I remember back in 1989, and we're going to talk about Christmas games. I call them go home games, go home into Christmas games. So that is the game before Christmas or christmas day and that is the chance to set up your holiday now your holiday should be merry and bright no matter what the steelers do but makes you feel better when the steelers win going into christmas but let's talk about that christmas eve i was i just turned 18 i remember that and that was the year that the steelers started out losing 92 to 10 in their first two games to divisional opponents. The Browns beat them 51 to nothing at home, then on the road they lost 41 to 10 to the Bengals. Then they shocked a the team that was in the NFC Championship game the year before at home in Pittsburgh being the Minnesota Vikings to go 1 and 2. They ended up 9 and 7. They needed so much help at the very end to get into the playoffs. Three teams from the AFC Central at that time. And there were still only four teams in the central got into the playoffs. The Browns won the division and they actually lost in the AFC championship game that year, but you had the Browns winning the division. You had the second team being the Houston Oilers and the third team being the Pittsburgh Steelers, what they needed to happen. They needed three teams to lose. The Indianapolis Colts, who were playing at home against the New Orleans Saints. The, where were they? They were the Los Angeles Raiders at the time. They weren't Oakland. I think I called them Oakland in an earlier show. But they were the LA Raiders, and they were traveling to the New York Giants in the Meadowlands, and they had to go ahead and lose as well. The Steelers had to beat Tampa Bay, which they did. They took care of business. Rod Woodson had a phenomenal game. And then on Christmas night, it was just Monday night football. It, there weren't special games back then, but the Bengals were playing the Vikings on Christmas night. If I'm not mistaken, it was in Minnesota. Minnesota was a playoff team. They were a good team. My gosh, they had they had Chris Dolman on that team, uh, just wow, the Keith Millard, they had a, a nasty defense too. But it was it was a tough game. And so it all came down to this after the first two things happened. Well, actually, first three things, because the Steelers won. Then it came down to the Cincinnati Bengals, who were in you already had the two teams from the central in. It's a lot like this year where you have four teams in the division competing. It was either going to be the Bengals or the Steelers going to the playoffs with two other teams already in. The entire division, because remember, it was Cleveland. Baltimore didn't exist at that time. It was the Browns, who would later become the Ravens, about six years later. It was the Steelers, the Bengals. Steelers and Bengals remained the comp the constant and the Houston Oilers who became the Tennessee Titans. That's why they wear those throwbacks. And that's why the Texans are still angry about that. But I, I think they kind of have a way to wear them, but I digress. But with that being said, you had four teams competing. The Steelers ended up Winning. Because the Vikings ended up beating the Bengals, so the Steelers made it. All those things had to happen. Flash forward to 2005, the Steelers had to have a couple things happen. I believe the Bengals and Chiefs, and I, I think the, I think the Chiefs had to lose to the Bengals, and two other teams had to lose. And it all fell into place, and the Steelers ended up winning the Super Bowl as a sixth seed. But I look back, that wasn't a go-home weekend, because that was actually on January 1st. I talked about that that weekend a lot, because it was the first time I took my now wife to a Steeler game, and I fell in love with her at that game, because she was crying because Jerome Bettis had a few touchdowns. And they were chanting one more year, and I saw her crying, and I'm like, this is the woman for me. It's kind of what the Steelers mean to us. We're so passionate about our teams. So when they win at the holidays, it feels so much better. We're gonna remember this Bengals win for a long time because they had lost three straight and they rose up before Christmas and it helped make our holiday brighter. A third four to eleven definitive win. If they squeak by like they did last year against the Raiders, 16 to 13. It would have been great, but not as because you would have felt like, ah, they still have problems. The Raiders game last year was emotional. They needed it to try to make the playoffs and they almost made the playoffs. They had the, have improbable things happen and it almost did, but the dolphins ended up beating the jets on a bogus horse collar call at the end of that game. But the Raiders win was the day after the Immaculate Reception 50th anniversary where Franco was supposed to be there. Lost Franco that week, so it was an emotional, emotional win. That's one that I'll never forget. It was Christmas Eve. You know, you can look back at other wins. The win against the Titans in 21 was a big deal because that helped them get into the playoffs. You had some devastating losses in there. The Jets in 19... The Saints in 18, that was the juju fumble game, and a lot of bad calls in that game. Of course, we're always going to remember the Ravens' win on Christmas Day. They beat the Ravens with the Immaculate Extension, 31-27. Now, they played two years in a row on Christmas. The only times they played on Christmas Day, they played the Texans the next year. It was a 34-6 to win, but believe it or not, it's not as memorable. The Broncos win 20 to 17 in week in uh, 2015 was a huge deal because they needed that to get in the playoffs. They ended up losing to the Broncos, but that was at home. And the Broncos they ended up losing to the Broncos in the playoffs. And that was a that was a bogus game. But that that was a special win, too. You know, I'm looking at some other ones here. There was some good ones here and there. The one in 2009, even though it didn't matter because they were bounced from the playoffs, but the shootout with Green Bay 37 to 36. Big bend of Mike Wallace in the corner of the end zone. That was an exciting football game. You know, there's so much more to talk about. You can go all the way back to the Immaculate Reception, which was a playoff game right before Christmas. That was exciting. You can go back to 77 for some devastation when they lost to the Denver Broncos in Denver to get bounced from the playoffs on Christmas Eve. That kind of sucked. There's so many games to talk about here, so many that I remember well. There's only a few that I'm like, hmm, I don't recall that game whatsoever. One of the losses that I recall, it was a great year in 1995 for them, but Yancey Thigpen caught the winning touchdown in the end zone and his knee came out and knocked it out of his hands, his own knee. But that was actually a moral victory. That game actually felt good. You know, there are so many here that you can talk about. But the bottom line to the whole thing is when you win going into Christmas, you feel so much better. And I feel great about the Pittsburgh Steelers because there's hope again. That three-game losing streak had to go down. And it did. It's a way, and you can look at other things right now. Sure, we're going to be talking about a quarterback controversy right now. And nobody's going to be right. Because everybody has their own opinion. And you know what? That's the great thing. Have your own opinion. Disagree with me. That's fine. Frankly, I don't even know what I'm rooting for. I'm just rooting for the Steelers to win. And I'm rooting for them to make the right decision, whether it be Rudolph or Pickett. We're not going to know until that game's over. One thing that always scares me is that the magic rubs off. And... It scares me that, it scares me a couple of ways. It scares me that if Rudolph is the real deal, which I don't know if he is, I don't know if he isn't, but if he is the real deal, why did the Steelers not notice? If that's the case, then then I've got a major concern. But it also scares me that he isn't the real deal and it's just going to, It was just an anomaly. It was momentum. It was a whole lot of things. But I do know in that game, we found the real George Pickens. And I hope his head is screwed on tight enough that he can continue to doing those things. But there's so many things to talk about, and we're going to have it all here on the Fans First Sports Network. So make sure you check it all out. God bless each and every one of you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for supporting our network. We were behind the Steel Curtain in the beginning of the year. We are now the Steel Curtain Network. We are back and better than ever. And 2024 is going to be a banner year as well. Please support all of our shows here. All you have to do is go to the podcast network, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Type in Steel Curtain Network. That's it. And listen to these shows. There are some great Steeler fans. Remember, Fans First Sports Network is for the fans by the fans. And that said, we're not pretending to be anything that we aren't. We're fans that are blessed to have a platform. And we're blessed to have people that are jumping on that platform with us. So to each and every one of you, I hope you have a fantastic Merry Christmas. I hope you have a happy new year. Hope I get better from COVID. I don't want to be stuck in isolation. But with that being said, thank you once again. I'm not here if you're not here. And I'm so thankful I'm here. And I'm thankful for you because I get to talk Steelers with my friends, my Steeler family. And that's all I ever wanted to do since I was a young kid. You're making a dream come true. You're making a seven-year-old boy's dream come true. And I thank you so much for it. So for all of us here at Steel Curtain Network, Merry Christmas. And of course, I ain't apologizing for nothing.